This is Southern Arch Heretic, Shifting the Burden, continuing with the proof and discussing the Christological argument. Today we talk about Jesus' alleged claims of divinity and the wisdom of Jesus. I'm Kit Rogers, and I have some questions. Welcome back to my Shifting the Burden series, where the proof for the existence of God is placed into a criminal trial setting, and the burden is on the believer to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. The non-believer is presumed correct in our exercise. How does the evidence hold up? Let's explore it. Continuing the Christological Argument Jesus' Claims of Divinity Biblical scholars disagree on whether or not Jesus ever claimed divinity. Some argue that portions of the Gospels were added later. I don't know if it matters when anything was added to the Gospels since they aren't real-time transcripts of proceedings. We can go down the rabbit hole of translations and interpretations, which is very interesting, but I fear it would bore you to death. Instead, let's inspect the argument most used by Christian apologists as proof of the divinity of Jesus. It is referred to as Lewis's trilemma. The Lewis for whom this postulation is named is C.S. Lewis, who was a medieval literature scholar at Oxford in the early to middle 20th century, a Christian apologist and well-known author. Some of you may recognize him as the author of The Chronicles of Narnia, or The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe was part of that. The basic premise of Lewis's argument is that Jesus said certain words and performed certain deeds, and those words and deeds amount to a claim of divinity. It's called Lewis's trilemma because he presents three options. It's sometimes referred to as the lunatic, liar, or lord, or the mad, bad, or God argument. Lewis contends that based upon the claims and actions of Jesus in the Gospels, he must be one of three things. And I quote, He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God." C.S. Lewis, in his work Mere Christianity, which I just quoted, states what he believes were claims and deeds by Jesus that prove his divinity. He opines that Jesus claimed one, to have always existed, two, to have authority to forgive sins, and three, that he will return to judge humans at the end of time. The implication is that these claims prove that Jesus was more than just a great human moral teacher, because anyone who made these claims and was not divine would be neither rationally nor morally reliable, much less great. I have read and heard the rationalized, alleged philosophical proof 
derived from this trilemma and put forward by modern Christian apologists. I've located this particular postulation on several online sites but cannot find an original source, relying on the fact that Jesus was a great moral teacher. The proof states as follows. 1. Jesus claimed to be God. 2. Jesus was a wise moral teacher. 3. By the trilemma, Jesus was dishonest, deluded, or God. 4. No wise moral teacher is dishonest. 5. No wise moral teacher is deluded. 6. By 2 and 4, Jesus was not dishonest. 7. By 2 and 5, Jesus was not deluded. 8. By 3, 6, and 7, Jesus was God. 9. By 8, God exists. As you can see, there is an attempt to make it sound like it's almost mathematical. There are challenges to be made to 1 and 2. Jesus never wrote a single word, as far as we know. He was most likely illiterate. Any words that are attributed to him were written long after he allegedly lived and spoke. Were his teachings wise or moral? That's debatable, too. Christopher Hitchens argued that the let he who is without sin cast the first stone teaching is anathema to a civilized but clearly not sinless society having any power to curtail unwanted or sinful behavior. That is but one of the teachings. Maybe turn the other cheek is a good lesson in teaching humility. But then again, possibly those that only turn the other cheek, when smacked, simply end up continuously getting smacked again. What if those that only concede when challenged never survive long enough for us to know whether or not they're morally superior? Jesus also instructed his followers to leave their families behind and follow him because he was their family now. I've heard similar statements made by individuals in documentaries about other cult leaders. Charles Manson, Jim Jones, David Koresh, just to name a few that you might recognize. Here are a couple of Bible quotes for you so you can see that this demand from Jesus to his followers seems unequivocal. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. Here's another one. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Luke chapter 14 verse 33. One more. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew chapter 10, verse 34 through 37. Jesus isn't messing around. Is it moral to instruct folks to hate their families? I assume only if they don't agree to also follow him. Why does the human Jesus require adoration from his followers at such a level as to set household member against household member and parents against children? Follow me and only me or I won't allow you to follow me. Oh, and if you don't follow me, kiss eternal life in the kingdom of heaven bye-bye. Eternal torture awaits. Does that seem fair and moral? Asking for a friend. Anyway, I don't see how Lewis's trilemma has any real traction when it comes to evidence. It's based on presuppositions that just aren't supported, even in the very scripture that it claims to be based upon. The Wisdom of Jesus Some argue that the character and wisdom of Jesus in the Gospels is such that we should believe whatever he claims. Listen here, buddy. Jesus was a good guy and said that God existed. So God exists. Any questions? Obviously, this argument can't hold any real weight for the same reason any argument based purely on the Gospels fails. I already addressed a couple of Jesus' famous moral lessons, specifically the turn the other cheek and the let he who is without sin cast the first stone pearls of wisdom. To put a stop to any accusations that I'm pro-war and violence, I'd like to state that in no way am I suggesting that self-aware pacifists are wrong. I myself enjoy peace and quiet, and always hope that no provocation will arise to the point of violence or stone-throwing. However, I can't claim to always possess that zen-like sit-and-take-it attitude of hippie Jesus. I mean, even John Lennon couldn't imagine a world where everyone simply rolls over and shows their belly. Besides, I can think of several moral and ostensibly wise arguments that can be made regarding the defense of others that may spill some oil in that holy water. What is life? Resembles life what once was held of light, too ample in itself for human sight? An absolute self, an element ungrounded, all that we see, all colors of all shade by encroach of darkness made, is very life by consciousness unbounded, in all the thoughts, pains, joys of mortal breath, a war embrace of wrestling life and death. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, 1802. The only other genuine moral teaching or show of wisdom from Jesus is the aptly named Golden Rule. It's the one remaining lesson that doesn't involve a command to blindly follow him 
and exclusively listen to him because only through him can you understand or have access to the coming kingdom of God and eternal life. Jesus clearly preached in the Gospels that the kingdom of God was coming and believed that it would happen during his generation. This evidently forgivable miscalculation is surely a mark against his knowledge, wisdom, and judgment. Here is the incredibly unoriginal proclamation of eternal wisdom from Jesus. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12, Luke chapter 6 verse 31. The famous American painter Norman Rockwell compiled a nice list of versions of this rule as it exists in other religions from around the world in a collection of his research. I won't be able to create a better and more elucidating list, and so I've included his, so I'm just going to read it. The golden rule is common to all religions. Buddhism, hurt not others with that which pains yourself, Udana Varga. Christianity, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the Law and the Prophets. Bible. St. Matthew. Confucianism. Is there any one maxim which ought to be acted upon throughout one's whole life? Surely the maxim of loving kindness is such. Do not unto others what you would not they should do unto you. Analects. Hebraism. What is hurtful to yourself, do not to your fellow man. That is the whole of the Torah, and the remainder is but commentary. Go learn it. Talmud Hinduism This is the sum of duty. Do not to others, which if done to thee, would cause thee pain. Mahabharata Islam No one of you is a believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself traditions. Jainism. In happiness and suffering, in joy and grief, we should regard all creatures as we regard our own self, and should therefore refrain from inflicting upon others such injury as would appear undesirable to us if inflicted upon ourselves. Yoga Shastra. Sikhism. As thou deemest thyself, so deem others. Then shall thou become a partner in heaven. Kabir. Taoism. Regard your neighbor's gain as your own gain, and regard your neighbor's loss as your own loss. Tai Shang Kan Ying Pian. Zoroastrianism. That nature only is good when it shall not do unto another whatever is not good for its own self. Dadistan Edenic. As you can see, there's nothing groundbreaking or particularly original in Jesus' alleged teaching. In fact, it seems to appear in most religions and philosophies around the world in their earliest forms, when those cultures were still fairly isolated and prior to any real cross-pollinization of cultural ideas. Hmm. Sounds like maybe human beings in groups everywhere on the planet developed an ideal that helps preserve and grow the species. 
almost sounds like maybe it evolved. The golden rule is just empathy in written form. Maybe I'm the one that's naive, but I've never had to refer to written rules to determine whether or not I should feel bad for causing someone else pain or discomfort. Was Jesus so wise that it proves that he was divine and so proves the existence of God? Are you kidding me? He didn't seem to display any wisdom as it relates to the understanding of the universe. He didn't share with his apostles the secret knowledge that the earth was round or that it revolved around the sun or that the sun was a star or that stars were gaseous formations sometimes millions of light years away that may no longer exist. He also seemed to be confused about the arrival of the kingdom of God, or at least the timing of it. He preached as if he were the catalyst to this kingdom's birth, and he clearly believed that it would happen before the end of his generation. I'm just summarizing some of his alleged teachings from the Gospels. Was he wise? Honestly, he sounds about as wise as any other human in their late 20s and early 30s. They may be smart. They may be charismatic. They may have very strong opinions. But wisdom can only be earned with time and truly comes with age and experience. No, I'm not just saying that because I'm old. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Ooh, goody. The next episode's going to be lots of fun. We talk about saints and miracles. Until next time, love ya, mean it. Thank you.